handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. everybody to another episode of the righteous prick podcast i'm your host jl covan it's 9 37 a.m eastern in the year of our lord 2022 november 7th day before election day and uh work is still slow um which means i have a you know just a monday to do content and uh, it's exciting it's an exciting time in our country i'm waking up at 3 50 a.m every day instead of 4 50 a.m so just another hour of torture to endure, thanks to uh, daylight whatever time, savings, spending, um, bargain hunting time. Um, oh, daylight saving time. Saving time. Okay, I'm reading my calendar right now, and it's daylight saving time. It ends. So we are no longer in daylight saving time. Um, we're in daylight spending time. And I'm spending a lot of it wondering, why the fuck am I awake at 3.50 in the morning, and why is Cookie... We had to put a cone on Cookie because she is doing so much licking. Um, she's apparently a big, big little Kim fan, but she's she's doing so much licking um, that uh, she basically licked the hair off a spot of her l- back leg, and so we have to keep a cone on her. So she just keeps licking her chops, and I know there's I'm sure a bunch of vets uh, in the in the uh, listening audience will say that hey, she needs exercise. She needs a-. well. Um, I try to give her long walks when I'm home, you know, like a good mile. Um, but the only thing that really wears her out and makes her sleep through the night and not all is when she gets to play with her dog cousin, Dolly. Um, they get along great and they just kind of immediately start playing at a fast pace aggressively until Cookie is like tuckered out, which is good. That's good for her, but we don't get to do that that often. The dog park is not really uh, accessible. Um, like walking to the dog park would be like 2.6 miles, which is like too long a walk for both of us. Um, well, JL, why don't you get a car? Shut the fuck up. I'm not getting a car. Okay. (laughs) Um, so figuring that out, but she's wearing her cone. Um, she looks like a, you know, somebody abducted by aliens right now, but so be it. 
guys. That's your cookie update for the day. Uh, uh, election day is tomorrow. Um, I think Bill Maher, for anybody who always wonders, like, why do I still listen to Bill Maher? Or is this your guy? Or like, he's not. Like, like the, the goalposts continue to shift. It used to be Adam Carolla, who was my, like, I think he's funny. I disagree with him politically, but it's, you know, the cliche, it's good to hear people with other perspectives, other other points of view. He was my guy for a while because it was like, well, I think he's super funny. And yeah, he, he there to some of his conservative stuff I disagree with, but there's a rational basis. It was it was not until his guests and his audience started to skew alt right and that I realized I wasn't really gaining anything from his audience in terms of like the platform was not people who were necessarily gonna be big fans of mine anyway. Um that I stopped going on and the show, you know, just became a little less fun, to be honest, because it was like, I'd like to think that even if I agreed with his politics, I'd be like, it used to be just everyday stuff. Now it's like heavier on politics, but I obviously disagree with his politics and it became a larger percentage of the show. So instead of getting like a dose of like, well, this is what my right of center entertainment uh, people think. It became like, here's Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager and Milo Yiannopoulos. And um, even though Trump's in office, I'm going to spend years complaining about Elizabeth Warren as if she's running the country. It became very like transparently, you just want to complain about the left, even if it's not as politically relevant. Like I'm sure now he probably complains about AOC a lot would be my guess, but I don't know. Um so Bill Maher, as he, you know, I think Bill Maher is on this mission to prove that I'm no liberal bitch. I'm an independent guy. I'm more libertarian, but I, you know, so he goes out of his way, it seems, to just be contrary. And he's very, he's got a, he's got like an old man hard on for woke. It's, it's like at this point, the only people lamenting wokeness as if it's still a threat are Bill Maher and Fox News. Like, we're past that. It's, it's become such a parody and it's like, you know, um, no, the real threat is fucking psychos on school boards who 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 think anything mentioning slavery, race, gender is like the enemy and communism. Those that's still the the as much as you may find. And I said this on Twitter yesterday. Here's what I would say about the left in this country. They can be annoying. Here's what I'd say about the right. They are dangerous. And when you're in a country where enough people are selfish and stupid enough to actually consider annoying a bigger threat than dangerous or where they have to lie to themselves and manipulate their own thoughts into thinking that annoying is dangerous and is worse than what's going on on the right, we're fucked. And I feel like, stop, Cookie. I feel like Bill Maher does a lot of complaining. Like he keeps bringing up, he, he's, he, he's got this real hard on for like the vaccine mandates and wokeness. And it's like, dude, Get out of 2020 already. Like, welcome to, we're almost in 2023, and, and you keep dragging those back. So this is me saying how I have found the current, the post-Trump iteration of Bill Maher to be a much more annoying person than he was before. And I think maybe he needs, he feels like it's a course corrective or a, or a social media bait thing where it's like look at like look at me I'm actually now triggering the libs because I spent so many justifiable years bitching about Trump and what I really think the time I really thought Bill Maher was at his best he was very early he was I think the earliest in terms of the late night comedy space to just call out 
the Republican Party against Obama as racism. Like it's it, you can talk about Tea Party and socialism, but it was racism driving. Like he was very quick to that. I think it was, I want to say 09 or 2010, I think was his best year. I thought he should have maybe won an Emmy because he was just, he was very early to that. But I think he's gotten older. The pandemic made him crankier. And I think he also subconsciously or consciously recognizes that this moment you 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 get more points for shitting on the left you get more clicks and retweets for shitting on the left even if he genuinely believes those things and don't get me wrong i always compl- i complain plenty about left of center people who have horrible comedy tastes like poli- trying to police my comedy or t- it's like shut the fuck up like i don't want you as f- like if you're somebody who only likes it like if i can make a bunch of trump and epstein rape jokes and you're like this guy's so good and then the minute i make like a pg joke about the left like John Fetterman, I'll be honest with you. I don't, it's not that I don't want the annoyance. It's not that I'm afraid of being canceled, but I've wanted to make some John Fetterman jokes. And I thought, are they going to be good enough jokes to be able to be like listening to people whine in my mentions? But I'm like, yeah, if the guy, like, I'm not, you know, whether it's put on a pair of fucking pants and a tie once in a while, or, you know, Maybe you and Oz, neither you or Oz should be the senator. Um, you know, it's it's like, you know, Dr. Oz needs a heart and Fetterman needs a brain. You could make a Wizard of Oz or Pe- Pennsylvania of Oz kind of joke. But but I'm like, no, because these people, like, the, 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 every side thinks, when it comes to comedy, I've said this, in, in politics, in real life, there is only one side. There's There's right and wrong, and the Republicans have embraced and they've embraced wrong as a core tenet of membership and moral wrong, scientific wrong. Like they've just embraced wrong, like, and cruel. Like if it's, if you're being mean and if you're being, um, it's, it, that's, they are, they are social, they are social media trolls. That's like the, the core of their political affiliation now. And so in real life, I don't think that I, whenever I hear both sides, I roll my fucking eyes. Because it's just, it's such a, it's such a cop out for independent cynics and right wing people to be like, you know, both sides. But in comedy and entertainment, that is where I kind of go, no, no, it's definitely both sides. Because um, if I lose a right wing crowd, I can actually get them back. I'm good enough at comedy and whatever to win. But but once you lose a left wing person, once they've determined that your entertainment is no longer is not worthy of of their sensibilities, you you can't really win them back. So I can be like Jeff Epstein fucking kids on a plane, but I'm doing it in Trump's voice and people are like, oh, my God, this is so not safe for work, but so funny. And then the minute you're like, you know, uh, John John Fetterman, it's a. You know, take some ginkgo biloba and and wear a pair of fucking pants. They'll be like, wow, wow, I did like you. I did, JL, but obviously I see that you're embracing the, the like hateful comedy that proliferates on the right. Or I'll have people po- like tweet at me like generalizations like, see, that's why left wing comedy is better. Right wing only uses it to mock and denigrate. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about person who probably isn't a real fan of comedy? Like, you sound stupid. <laughs> and, you know, so it's things like that. So, so I lay that all out to say, I'm fully aware that Bill Maher has become uh, a, a little more uh, annoying and at times unbearable with his sort of commitment to almost anti-vax 
and like anti-vax adjacent and woke like just dragging woke into every discussion it's like can get a new fucking tune dude like you you sound like fox news and i don't mean that like oh they're speaking the truth i mean what it, the hard on for what it's like get over it already like nobody only it's being sustained by you guys like and, and and i bring up the school boards because there's a great article in last week's new yorker magazine about school board elections in tennessee and it's terrifying the sort of combination of of ignorance hate and like delusion on the part of something like it'd be some guy who's like kids don't go to don't go to public school but he wants to be on the school board because crt and it's 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 unreal it seems unreal but the school board stuff it's almost like the combination of stupidity ignorance and delusion that is like driving the political and cultural agenda right now is like give me woke give me woke if that's the alternative i know like and i say woke in the quotations of like yes whatever your nightmare scenario of what woke education is give me white elementary school kids crying about slavery before you give me these fucking ignorant delusional monsters running school boards i guess once again if the choice is binary i choose a few overly sensitive dare i call them snowflakes conservative white kids who are afraid of hearing the truth about history so let me get this straight if a kid doesn't like a racist halloween costume he's a woke libtard who needs to toughen up but if your if your 10 year old doesn't like hearing that whites were pretty shitty during slavery that's not him being a snowflake that's him just wanting to be respected fuck you you dumb fucking country so the reason i bring all that up is that bill maher every so often though the old bill maher shows up and shows out and his final rule on the episode this uh, friday was fantastic because it spoke to the genuine pessimism that i have he was basically saying goodbye democracy is it's not going to end on tuesday but we've we, we've headed down this irredeemable unstoppable path um and i think you know narcissism ignorance bad education bad people you know, we can blame all the systems, but I genuinely think, hey, in the 1700s, there were people who knew slavery was bad. Yes, I understand it was more normal, but there were people who knew it was bad then. And you're you're going through a time now where I don't think good people get fooled by by MAGA. I don't. I, I think if you're still on board with Trump, I don't care. And I'm going to say this right now. Whatever. I, at this point, I don't care if your son died of a heroin overdose or an opioid overdose or fentanyl. I don't care if you lost your job at the factory because it went to China. I don't give a flying fuck at this point. Whatever your reasons for supporting MAGA, no matter how good they might have been, no matter how understandable they might have been, six years later, if you believe destroying the country and the world's oldest democracy is worth shaking things up because you're annoyed or sad or depressed. Fuck off. Um, it's over. Like, like you, you can go fuck yourself, whatever, however you got here. Um, and I'm, of course, saying this as like in terms of political terms. Like, I don't care about your constituency. Like, I don't have to hear both sides of the should we fuck over American democracy, yay or nay. Nope. There's only yay or fuck off. When it comes to my vote, when it comes to my political sympathies, when it comes to political agendas, there's only one. So you can 
you can talk all that bullshit of like, you know, but I think if we had only shipped, nope, nope, you could fall for, if you were desperate enough, if, if, um, if a Black Lives Matter protest burned down your house while your son was dying of a fentanyl um, uh, overdose and you're getting a pink slip because your factory moved to China, okay, 2016, vote for Trump. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you, I've given that pass. Most people I still think were motivated by racism and ignorance, but there were some people who probably, there, no, I shouldn't say probably, there were people who felt so desperate in their personal circumstances that they might have viewed Trump as just a, we'll see what happens. Maybe he's just the the arrogant, anti-China, pro-white guy enough to help my family. And I'm, I'm but, but at, six years later, um, while the Democrats deliver results and legislation and things that will help your grandmother, and if not for Joe Manchin, you'd, you, you know, people would still be getting checks for, to, to help reduce childhood poverty. If at this point you're like, there is no excuse other than you're a bad person. There you go. If you support, I know, and I know most of my listeners are, are left wing. But it's a fa- if you support Trump at this point, you're a bad person. You're deplorable. You're a piece of shit. You're, you're, your forgiveness lies with the Lord, not with me. And that's just, that's where we are. And the fact remains that and i'm still working on my my selfishness blog unfortunately i'm I'm not done with it yet um parentheses have only made notes haven't actually started writing it but i've been busy um you're 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 and 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 i am i say this then the piece of shit adjacent are the far left people who never stop bitching about biden you guys can kind of fuck off too um yeah, I, like at this point, it's 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 Democrat with some accomplishments through bordering on impossible circumstances with a Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema 50-50 in the Senate. And he has accomplished a lot. And he has accomplished, to me, the most he could given the circumstances. And to say, you know, I think with Peter Dow, one of these fucking... I don't even know grifters on on Twitter, one of these like consultant or former advisors to fuckface or whoever, who's like, we told you Joe Biden would be a terrible president, and we were a hundred percent right. Now, and I I just quote to you that, and I was like, ah, the 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 grift is on when you when you want to when when you would rather lose the general election with a righteous far left candidate. So that then you can spend the next four years bitching and boosting your Patreon numbers by being an, a part of the social media resistance. Um, it's, a, it's a disgrace. Um, and we're on the eve of, uh, you know, people ignoring results because we have short attention spans, um, horrible ethics, even worse civics lessons. And so we're at this place now where um, we're going to see a lot of election deniers get elected to positions of authority and power over elections. We're going to see people like Herschel Walker, Mehmet Oz, and J.D. Vance, people who are of dubious character and dubious qualifications in some cases, possibly elected to the Senate. We're going to see Ron Johnson in Wisconsin possibly reelected, and he might be the worst of all of them. We're going to see Carrie Lake, who I'll admit... Um, you know, 
she's 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 a telegenic package of 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 venom um i think she's the next vice presidential candidate bill maher said it on his show but i said it like 36 hours earlier on twitter so i'm not copying anybody uh she i think will if she wins in arizona which i think she's likely to i think she's going to be the vp nominee uh with trump she's a good-looking battleground state that he cares about he's he's obsessed with arizona so she's a good-looking battleground state 100 percent maga election denying warrior so she i mean i think she's one two and three on the list um she's already said she loves trump more than her husband so you know, maybe their campaign video will be Trump fucking her in the ass uh, while her husband watches at a Roger Stone cuck party. Um, you know, Trump Lake, come drown in Trump's cum in Trump blank 2024. Some some ad like that. Sorry for the vulgarity. But we 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 I think we are we just can't win. I think people are too disengaged. They're too susceptible and ignorant to social media. They're too obsessed with social media. We're we're a country with too full of 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 racism. I I I know I sound like one of those people like you think that yes. Like at this point, when somebody like you think the country yes, I mean, if I didn't think it before, I've got all the evidence I need now. It's it's like stunning. What, what this country has become. And it's, it's up to Democrats to do like the, you know, the, the magical dance of we have to educate voters, not make voters feel too bad about themselves while achieving accomplishments with a non-margin in the U.S. Senate. And then hope that people see that the party that does things and uh, uh, is informed on the issues, maybe you should put them back instead of the party that has no platform except for Democrats bad, blacks bad, immigrants bad. Well, okay, blacks that don't wear Trump's blacks for Trump shirts bad. And you have to have this like debate. And, and, and as a country, you have to be like, I, I hope the country picks the good choice. You know, this is like American Idol. Okay, and I don't think they were in the same season, but everybody remembers Sanjaya. Okay, that was the candidate that people were like voting, kind of trolling. Like he was... He was winning because he was like clearly no longer one of the better candidates, but it was like funny to people to keep voting for him. And then you take somebody like Adam Lambert, who was a finalist, but for my money, the greatest American Idol contestant ever. And he's had a very, very successful career after American Idol. Now, I stopped watching American Idol like a decade ago, but I watched like a I watched like seasons like four, five, six, seven or whatever, like in the middle. And. This is like, imagine Sanjaya were white and racist and a bad singer and was beating Adam Lambert for votes in American Idol. That's sort of, just to put it in entertainment terms, that's like what's happening in this country. It's like, sure, every objective measure of accomplishment and decency tells me I should vote for the Democrat until Republicans embrace democracy I should vote for the, the, the party that has accomplished some things and is pro-democracy and pro-my vote counting. Before anything else, that's what, like, it's, and, and we're not, we're not. We are, the low attention span, the low ethics, the low civics, it's like people are just like, mm, I don't like what's happening under Joe Biden. What, what don't you like? Our economy, well, jobs are great. Inflation is a problem. Yes, he, but 
it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but the, the guy who basically was establishing a glide path for Vladimir Putin, who wanted to take America out of NATO, the guy who gave a tax cut to the rich that nobody talks about that being part of the problem with the economy. You want that guy back. You think that guy, you, it's, it's, you, there's not enough air in the world and time in the day to sort of spend breath explaining why, but it's, but it comes down to white people feelings and ignorant people's apathy. I'm sorry, ignorant people's feelings, white people feelings, and cynical, cynical apathy. Um, that prov- and then that's it. There's no, there's no reward. There's no reward for doing good. It's, it's, it's just make everybody f- make the other side make make your people feel bad that the other person's gonna hurt them. Um, except in the case of Trump, it's true. And I don't understand. And Trump, I, it's, it's. I'm rambling now, but it, it, the point is, Bill Maher's final rule captured this the, the 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 desperation and just despondency of the moment, and I think it's I think it's true. Yes, blah blah blah. We need to keep fighting. We need to keep fighting. Sure, but the structure of government it it is it is now a suit. The Constitution. I forget who had said it. Was it Justice Robert Jackson or somebody had said? You know, the the Constitution is not a suicide pact. Somebody famous and old said that. Well, now it is. I think the Constitution now has become a suicide pact because we can't amend it. Um, so we can't amend it for changing circumstances because the, the, the red states are too, they benefit too much from the current structure. So the Electoral College is a joke, but we're going to keep it because there's enough states that are like, uh, no way. It's the only thing that makes people care about us is the fact that we can fuck you over. We're Wyoming. And... So you can't amend the Constitution. So so we're stuck with a seventeen uh, a 1780s document in the 2020s um, because because we are. And I can tell you this: uh, all those fucking slave owning geniuses from Virginia that were like the core of founding the 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 making the Constitution, they would not be happy with this structure. Like if you would. If you had told them, hey, half the population of the country will live in Virginia, do you think every state should get two senators? They'd all be like, no, they'd say, absolutely fucking not. Are you crazy? That's crazy talk. Are you a witch? (laughs) Um, They would say no. Um, Instead, they would give more power to the House of Representatives, probably, to affect, and they'd say, Every state gets one senator because, for God's sakes, they all live in fucking Virginia. So, or they do some adjustment or they'd say um, the House is population based and the Senate will be half population based. So we give the small places a little advantage. But since half the population lives in Virginia, we're still going to run that Senate shit. We're not going to let fucking Rhode Island tell us what to do in the Senate. Um, that's what they would have done because the country was not so disproportionately organized the way it is now because nobody wants to live in your in your red states. Um, you know, obviously some people do, but people like cities and people like blue states. They like rights and entertainment and culture and people. <laughs> uh, they don't like farmland and mountains. I mean, they like to look at them. 
or visit them once in a while, but they don't want to live there except for a few people. And those people get to now destroy the democracy by, by, by creating a sort of impenetrable firewall for progress, you know, uh, against progress. It's like, nope, nope, we're going we're gonna to dig in here and the more people leave, the more disproportionate our power becomes and the more we want to hold on to it. So it's a vicious cycle. Oh, more people left Wyoming. We still have two senators, though, right? Perfect. I'm one of nine people left in Wyoming uh, or Idaho. Great. Our militia definitely doesn't want to let go of our senators because now for every city, a senator represents five people. Whereas in California, a senator represents 23 million people. You think I'm letting go of that advantage? So the more people leave red states, the more other than obviously Texas and Florida, the more people, and I think they might be in for a rude awakening eventually when they're like, uh, some of these people who moved to Texas and Florida are Democrats. Uh, can we ban their fucking votes? <laughs> Can we, yeah, y'alls, can we fucking make it illegal to vote in uh, black places? We sure as can. Um, but other than that, as the more people leave those states to get stuff and rights and people, um, those states will only be incentivized to keep the Electoral College more because it's like, oh, no, now we only have 10 people. So we better keep our senators or else nobody will ever give a shit about us except for Trump. So, uh, election day is a sad day. Um, even if we, even if they're going to lose the house, even if they keep the Senate, which I hope they do, <coughs> excuse me, for it to be this close is, you know, is a disaster. And as I said in 2020, if in 2022, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy run, you know, win the house and Senate, they will have paid zero price zero for having not stood up to trump the lesson will be oh yeah the electorate never made me pay a price for being a coward for being a coward who allowed democracy to be mortally wounded in this country the price i paid was zero because the exact next time i had an opportunity to get get power the country gave me power so the lesson there is oh if I don't stand up for democracy, I can win. So therefore, I choose winning. Yay. I win. America loses. Perfect. Because I'm a Christian patriot and I approve this message. So. Fucking Christ. Um, yeah, but we're. Uh, we're in deep doo doo. Um. You know, and, and that uh, I don't even need to get into fucking climate change. Like, that's, you know, the UN issued a report, I, I think, this week. It might have been last week. I don't think I covered it. But that we're, you know, we're never going to make our early climate goals. And now it's just like, well, let's make a new goal and try, you know, not to have the earth on fire by 2050. Can we do that? Can we not have the earth in flames? No? Okay. Can we still have an earth? Can we, can we have an earth? Is that... Is that something people can get behind? Can we have an earth? Um, it might cost uh, a little bit more. Forget No, no. If it costs more gas, you're okay with earth. Going. You do realize there's a sort of problem if we have no earth, right? Then we don't have us. Okay, but you're, st you're still... Okay, so gas prices are still... Gas prices are more important than, than your life. 
Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. That's very, very loving. You, you and gas sh prices should get married if you're willing to um, sacrifice your life for, for low gas prices. I think that's a beautiful love story. Um, okay, guys. Show's coming up. Do you even care? Do you even care? I got a Patreon. Well, I did a fun, one of my, a, a really great bonus episode this week. Um, blah, blah, blah. My special, okay, we got to get to the special part. Special still not out. I'm emailing tomorrow, and the, the email will simply be what the fuck is happening with my fucking special. Um, so I haven't seen a third cut yet. It'll be two weeks tomorrow. No contract, no third cut. Um, I'm a broken record, I know, but they have, uh, like I said, when my comedy career dies, cause of death, the people making and marketing half blackface. That's, that's, that is the cause of my comedy career death because it is, it has been, uh, really overwhelming. Um, but, uh, you know, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna record a new hour in March or April in New York. So that's cool, I guess, if you're a fan. Mark your calendar for those months. <laughs> Keep those months entirely clear until I pick a day. But I'm, I'm, you know, that means I will have an album and special out from that by May. Now, I'd like to say, well, obviously Half Blackface will be out before May. Will it? Um, I just want it done. And I say this all the time, but that is, that is... The, that feeling is so gut-wrenching to just be like, you guys fucked over my greatest work twice. And now I just want it done. It was supposed to be a crowning achievement and possibly a career milestone and possibly a career game-changer. And instead, it's just a thing I want done so I don't have to wake up every morning pissed about it. So that's quite an accomplishment. Um, you know, it was... I, I always, I've always tinkered and thought about quitting comedy, but I always came back. But like, you know, between the shadow banning on Twitter, and I, by the way, I am going to join Elon Musk's $8 thing. Not because I need a fucking blue check mark. I don't care about that. I'm just desperate for my Twitter account to work again. That's all I want. All I've, all I've really wanted is not industry acceptance or anything. I want my fans to be able to see my stuff. And for, for almost two years, my, my accounts have been um, shadow banned. Or the algorithm has basically treated it like right-wing disinformation. I my my tweets average like four to seven percent of my followers, um, whereas it used to average like seventy percent. That's a I mean that's a tremendous drop off when you're promoting podcasts and cameos and videos and tour dates. That's especially because it it happened um, and was completely unjustified. Like it's a complete. You know what I mean? It's a you know what I mean? It's it's. I did nothing wrong. That's what makes this all the more bitter. I should probably be around 300,000 followers on Twitter and be making a lot more on YouTube and a little bit more on Cameo and having more people buy tickets to gigs. And none of those things are happening because Twitter decided that my account was um, a, a problem. <laughs> um, and so, yes, I will pay the $8. I don't give a fuck. Like, please, I live and vote uh in ways that are beneficial to society. I don't need to be like, well, Elon Musk is about, no, you know, like, just like nobody cares if I watch the NFL or not, but my personal decision was to stop watching the NFL because I thought it was pretty fucking shameful how they treated Colin Kaepernick. And I didn't love football enough to just be like, well, I'm still going to just watch because I, 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 my Sundays are my own. I see movies, I go work out. 
I, I haven't missed. I watch every other year. I watch the Super Bowl. That's my one concession. Um, if that makes me a bitch, so be it. But, um, but Elon Musk is not some line in the sand I have to draw. Like, I will gladly leave Twitter and Facebook and Instagram when my career is over because I don't think social media benefits me beyond career. People can listen to my podcast or sign up for my newsletter if they really give a shit, which most of them don't, and that's fine. It's not fine, but it's fine. <laughs> um, but, oh, Elon Musk is doing... Yeah, so what? I, I've been getting fucked for two years on my, my, my Twitter by, by, the, by the great people who run Twitter. <laughs> so I don't, I don't get it. Like, I'm supposed to, like... I'm supposed to give up, like, the, the only pipeline I have for my career because people think Elon Musk is a piece of shit? I think he's a piece of shit. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't get like leave Twitter. If you don't, I'm not going to say if you want to leave Twitter, because that's great. I, I don't, I don't think I need it. And, and the idea of like, I don't even want the blue check mark. I just want people to people that are fans and followers to see what I do. That's it. And for two years, almost two years, it's been like 20 months, 21 months. I that. I've been, my, my, my platform has been taken away from me for, for no fucking reason other than like a computer glitch. So basically I'll sign up for the $8 thing and if it works, great. And if I'm still not getting, if people, are, if, if that doesn't overcome the kind of algorithmic fuck over, then I'll stop paying for it because then there's really no purpose to it obviously if it can't overcome that then it's just like oh i'm just paying eight dollars for no reason no then i will stop but half blackface coming out sometime and the eighth hour probably going to be called person of height it's a working title but i think the show will just be called the hateful eighth um that'll be in the spring because i hate the reason for me doing the seventh hour was because i didn't I hate the idea of me having like an hour of material that will just die with me. Um, just for my own progress and edification, I just want a marker. And now I've got like 40 new minutes that are that are doing really well. And I'm like, yeah, by, by, by March or April, I'll have another 55 minutes ready to fucking roll. And then I can self-produce that so I have like I can get the fucking bad taste out of my mouth from half blackface. That's it's so that's I like it's like this experience has been so bad. I, I, I almost I feel compelled instead of quitting. I just I want to do another hour. So I'm like, that's my that's my last hour. The one I did that I did and did well and didn't get fucked over and didn't get fucked up by people who don't give a shit and want to take my money for doing a bad fucking job that is not my my last hour. I can't let those fucking people taint my 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 greatest work, um, which they have. But I can't let that be the last note. Um, as you can tell, I'm obviously still. It's 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 good. It's 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 nice to see that for an entire year I have maintained, as the kids say, I've kept that same energy. It's damaging. I'm I am so tired of being mad. I need this thing out. It's already done like it's already been rendered worthless. Like it's already a fucking stillborn. That's what it feels like. Stillborn special. That's what I should fucking retitle it. Because that's what they've done to it. 
They've, they've poisoned its progress. They've destroyed its chances at success. And yet it's still not out. It's, 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 this is like a, like a, like a, <laughs> this is like a, a 15 month stillborn that I'm carrying or 13 months stillborn. They're like, nope, not ready yet. Can't, can't get it out quite yet, but just be patient, JL. Don't worry. And it's like, no, take it out. I want it done. I want to get pregnant with another comedy special. <laughs> Me and my comedy husband have already discussed. Um, we want to have an, an eighth comedy pregnancy. Um, and this one will be called Person of Height because we think it's going to be a tall one. Anyway, I thank you for letting me vent. Shows Ann Arbor this week. I, it, from, from the, I, I, it doesn't seem like a lot of people live in Michigan that listen to me because I, I, you know, I hope you do. I hope there's some Michigan people out there. But yeah, whoop-de-doo. Michigan, going to be great shows, but who gives a fucking shit? Um, it'll be a fun recap because I'm taking the train out Thursday. Arriving in Ann Arbor, doing a show Friday, two shows Saturday, and then staying up, getting the 3 a.m. train back to New York out of Toledo, Ohio on Saturday night, Sunday morning. So that'll be a fun journey to chronicle for you guys. And all I want is for those three shows to be good. Now, I know my part will be good. I just hope people show up. Then I'm at the Syracuse Funny Bone. Don't know if anybody here listens uh, that's anywhere near Syracuse. But I'm at Syracuse Funny Bone, November 23rd. I'm in Long Island. Oh, wait, why did I skip to January? December, Mamaroneck, New York. This is for, but once again, I think everybody who listens to this is in fucking Seattle or Australia or Boston or fucking Timbuktu. Never in any cities I perform in. But uh, Mamaroneck, which is for basically everybody who moved out of the city, um, which I know a lot of people. I have a lot of friends and, and I think some fans who live north of New York City. You know, nor- meaning north like suburbs, like Westchester, shit like that. This would be the chance. It's a nice theater show. But I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but that's December 17th with Al Lubell. Should be a very fun show. It will be a fun. I'm not saying it should be. It will be a fucking great show. Um, January 6th and 7th, I'm at the brokerage in uh, Belmore, Long Island, headlining. Uh, my, my co-host of Making Podcasts Great Again, Jay Nog, will be opening for me. Um, he asked... He kind of told me to tell them, like, tell, oh, let me open for you. And I was like, okay, is that a question? Uh, but he's opening for me because everybody knows how much I love that. And he's opening for me um, in Belmore, Long Island. And then I'm in Pittsburgh, January 19th at the Pittsburgh Improv. So I hope uh, everybody who came out the first time can come out again. And then hopefully some people who preferred to watch the Steelers that night come out as well. And I'm trying to get gigs. I have emailed third tier clubs in Ohio. And I don't say that as an insult. I just say that as like, hey, I'd like to go back to Cleveland. So I've, uh, and if not Cleveland, I've emailed uh, Dayton Wiley's in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, a club in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, which I could get to very easily from Pittsburgh. So I kind of want to do it that weekend. If not, I'm going to try and get a Cleveland gig, like an independent, you know, just like a little 80-seater. Find out, email some people I know in Cleveland if they have any connections to small rooms that I could that I could book for that weekend. Because um, I like Cleveland, and uh, I was booked 10 times in Cleveland before they restructured how they did bookings. And uh, then my last booking was, I believe, 2016 or 2017, so it's been at least five years. I got famous. I got a lot of requests from people in Cleveland and the two clubs in Cleveland uh, ignored my uh, booking inquiries for five years running now, which is just great. It didn't matter what what I did. 
didn't matter that my career changed, that I got more exposure, I got more fans. It, not, it, it didn't even warrant a reply. And that's what's disheartening. Like these, these third tier clubs are also not replying to my emails. So it's, it's basically, for the most part, you, you just want an agent. It, it doesn't matter if you suck at comedy. It doesn't matter if you've ever been on stage. If you have an agent, they will get you work. And if you don't have an agent, it kind of doesn't matter what the fuck you've done or who you are. Um, so I'm trying to go to either Dayton, Ohio or, or, or Cleveland. Um, so hopefully that works, you know. But like I said, I don't know if you guys can appreciate, but the idea that I'm still in this mode of no representation, no respect, no special, that's what drove me to quit in 2019 or to basically take a day. I shouldn't say quit, but that's what made me take a day job that I still have today because I was like, I think it's over. I think I can still do comedy at my own pace, but I think for my own mental health and financial stability, it's time to just say, yeah, I'm 40. It's time to get a regular job. Like, good, I should be. I'm happy that I no longer have to pay for benefits out of hand. I'm, I'm glad that I can start saving money instead of just living month to month. You know, that's a good, those are all good things. And what makes this more painful is that I had this great rise. Great things happened to me. And to be back exactly where I was in 2019, three years later, like after that, it's, it's, it, it, it feels worse. It feels worse to be in the exact same position I was in because my tweets didn't do much worse when I only had 4,000 followers because of the shadow banning now. So it's like even my social media presence is kind of marginalized again. Yes, it's better, but it's more like I have like 9,000 followers in terms of the impact of my social media, not 133,000 down from 146,000 a year ago um, because I was not growing. I was just losing bots and sort of attrition, but I was not, the growth phase had stopped because my tweets just don't get seen anymore by people. And to be there, it hurts more. It's, it's more depressing, to be honest, to see your dream because... It's almost like somebody said they had a cure for a disease. I, I compared, I joked in 2020, I said, I hope my career doesn't end up like the movie Awakenings. That's exactly what happened. Where like they rise out of a coma, they live a normal life, but the drugs don't have permanent efficacy. So by the end of the movie, they've all lapsed back into their mysterious comas. And that makes it almost more tragic. Like they got to experience life again, but then felt, had to feel like they were slipping back into this like living death. That's kind of what my comment, it's like, it was good enough when I was just like, hey, I gave it a run. I made it onto TV. I have things I'm proud of. I have, I have respect of many of my peers. Good enough. Time to move on. I hate this fucking business and a lot of the people in the community anyway. So probably good for me to move on. And then a twisted miracle happened and we all know the rest. And now, like just as an example, my listeners, although last week the listeners went up for this week because I did a lot of promotion for that episode because I was very happy with it. But I'm sure most of those people didn't subscribe. But on the whole, if you remove last week, my listening, my listener numbers for this podcast are identical to what they were in 2018. So what did, what did all this do? I mean, I have another podcast that I get to, I get to make Jay Nog money. Like that's been one of my major accomplishments. Like we, 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 I've made him, I've made him 
basically almost as much money as I was making from comedy in 2017. Like just by, by doing that podcast and sharing that, like I, and I use that only as an example of like, so uh, apparently I do have some power (laughs) and some reach, but it just doesn't really benefit me in any concrete way anymore. Um, so yeah, I got to do another special for my, for my own sanity. Like I can't let this be the last record of me doing stand up. Um, because it's been it's been the worst experience and I've had a lot of bad experiences in comedy. This has been the worst experience and that's not what you you don't want to end. It's kind of a microcosm for life, I guess. There are ups and downs and then eventually it's just horrible at the end. And that's what that's what my comedy career feels like. It feels like these people are the angel, fucking angels of death that I'm working with. Like they they came to put my fucking comedy career in a coma and snuff it out with a fucking scythe or whatever the fuck that thing is that death carries around. Scythe is it a scythe? Is it a soft scythe? I don't know. I re- I read the word. I don't know how. To, I've never heard somebody fucking say it. Isn't that annoying? But yeah, um, angels of death for my comedy career. That's how it feels. Is that hyperbole? Probably. But you guys haven't woken up every day for the last year enraged. Um, because that's maybe that's what keeps me up at night. Maybe that's why I have insomnia because this thing is fucking lurking. Like I feel, I feel a genuine degradation of my physical and mental health because of this fucking special. Like my weight is back up. I'm not like the fat fucking fuck I was in 2020 or 20 to early 2021, but my weight is back up like 20 pounds from its low of right before surgery. Some of that was, you know, after knee surgery, I was obviously not able to, to work out the way I was for a little bit. Um, but on top of that, I don't sleep well. I'm eating worse. And... I think there's a lot of issues in my life, but but I can sort of trace a lot of them back to the the treatment of this special, which is, uh, needless to say, quite concerning and upsetting for me. Um, yeah, it, 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 you know, the idea of sharing revenue on a project that means so much to me with people who've done everything to make it fucking suck is like the only, the only feeling I can bring out is like a couple of bad relationships I've had in my life where I just said, why did you even date me? Like, why did you lie about who you were? Why did you like, I'm not a fucking NBA superstar. I'm not a fucking Senator. I'm just a guy. So why, why, why front? Like you're a totally different person. Just date somebody else that you don't have to be a fucking fake bitch to. That's, those are the feelings I've had from just a couple. There, there, there are two relationships that always come to mind when I think of horrible relationships in my life. They stand out as just like, why, why even date me? I, don't, I, 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 I never kind of got an answer and I can never understand why someone would want to fake who they are to be in a relationship. I get it. If I was fucking LeBron James... Not if I was having sex with LeBron James. I was using fucking as an as an adjective, not a verb. If I was LeBron James, oh, I get why people would lie, why women would lie, why, be, but it's just me. So why do that? And the reason I'm bringing this up is not to relive old pains. It's to say that's how deep the feeling of disrespect is with this project, Half Blackface, where it's like. What is the goal here? Like, what is the same thing I ask of Ted Cruz? What the fuck is your goal here? It's not to be president. Like, what? 
What is so important about my special that you are taking such meticulous care to fuck it up? Like, why do you still want it? What it like, do you think like, do you think you're going to make money off of it? Then why aren't you acting like it? Like, I, I, it's like, I hate not knowing like with faith. That's why death is scary because you can believe certain things, but it's scary. But this feels like I'm watching my comedy death and I'm going, why? Why is this happening? Why do you still want this special? You have done everything to indicate that you don't care about it and you have done everything to sabotage its potential for success. And yet here I am without a fucking special still waiting for you. Like you still want a piece of it. It's the worst of both worlds. So I'm going to lose financially, but you don't seem to give a fuck that you will gain financially. It's very, it's very fucking weird. Um, much better episode on the bonus. Maybe that's, is that, this is just how I'll drive away listeners. People are like, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to subscribe to your Patreon just because it's really good, JL. But, you know, I think I, I blew my positive, fun comedy jizz on last week's episode and on the bonus episode last week. So you get serious, despondent JL this week. But it's, uh, I, 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 maybe you can appreciate it, but I, I, it feels like I'm being suffocated. That's how, like, I, like, breathe, like, I can't, like, breathing and sleeping are problematic because it's just like when I think about this, I know I'm being fucked. I've acknowledged that. Like, I acknowledge my career is being fucked over and so many things have come together to, to, to conspire, you know, to make this project horrible. Like, the shadow banning would be bad enough on Twitter, but then the failed taping and the incompetent production of the second taping why like I, I i hate asking why but that like that's what's eating at me just hey if you told me hey we're we're, we're taking our time like we, we still want to produce it because we don't want you to sue us i don't at least that'd be a reason or no we, we still want a piece of this because we actually believe we can fucking make a ton of money and rob you of a bunch of money because this is going to be successful fine a reason right now would be better than just no man's land, this purgatory. Like it's, 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 I, it's like, I, like I, it's, it's comical. If this were happening to anybody else, I'd be laughing at the dark comedy. So if you're laughing at my frustration, I, I understand, but it's like, it's been almost 13 months since the first taping. It's about this weekend will be six months since the second taping. The second taping was six fucking months ago. That's an eternity, an eternity in terms of how quickly production can be done on these things. Six fucking months. And I don't fucking have a contract or a final edit. Unfucking believable and that rage is just beneath the surface and it is stopping me from sleeping i am eat, stress eating more and it's a, it's a, it's 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 so insulting because it's that idea of like i just had my best rise in comedy and immediately i let the industry back in and they immediately brought me subterranean not back to earth they brought me below earth 
again where you have to fucking reside in this business until you become powerful enough that everybody kisses your ass. It's like there's no middle ground. And uh, it sucks. So I'm sorry for rambling so much about it, but it, it fucking sucks. And until it's out, I'm just going to be unhappy. And I hate that feeling. As much as I joke about being a, a negative Nelly or whatever, I, I don't want to be unhappy. And I, I especially don't want it to be imposed on me by others. So we'll see. Tomorrow I send out my email. Hey, where's my special? Um, why are we working with this person if they can't get it done? Why am I giving out half of my, why am I agreeing to give half of my profits from this? to people who don't care and can't get it done. I don't want your understanding. I want answers. I don't want, I get why you're, nope, don't care. Don't care about you. Wouldn't piss on you if you were on fucking fire. I want answers, period. And sorry if this is disturbing because I'm, I'm enraged. I am fucking enraged. Like, I am watching somebody fucking suffocate my comedy career that I have given my adult life to. And if it's going to end, it will end on my terms it will not end because somebody fucked over the best thing I've ever done. And, but that's what's happening. <laughs> so look at me with my tough words, but that's exactly what's fucking happening. So um, I guess it's Trump impressions till I die, folks. <laughs> reviews. Do you even want reviews? Are you even fucking listening still? Who knows? I'm not listening. I'm in a fugue state of rage. I saw three movies this weekend. We're going to make these reviews quick because I'm fucking furious. Tar with Kate Blanchett. Really wanted to see it. The reviews were glowing. I liked the idea. It's basically, to, to sum it up in one sentence, super accomplished female composer, barrier-breaking legend, me-tooing lesbians. Um, so I thought, well, that's that's a very interesting movie. It's a, it demands a lot of Kate Blanchett, the movie. Um, the movie has some moments, but overall I was bored to the point of fidgety. Um, I felt like a 15-year-old who's forced to live an hour without their cell phone. I was fidgety. I was just like, man, this is, uh, this is a real long, like, it just felt long and um, it was dark. Like, the movie was kind of dark. Not tonally, but like, kind of like, oh, this is like, is this supposed to put me to sleep? Is this what it is? Is this, is this tar, like German for sleep aid or something? Um, you know, it's not, not taking away, it's, it's not a movie where I thought any, I thought performances were good. I was interested for about a half hour when I felt like that was set up and then it just felt like two hours of setup. Um, it has a kind of a very darkly funny ending. Um, so I'm, I, I acknowledge that there were some strengths to it, but it felt like a fucking film critics wet dream and to a regular person just looking for like an interesting movie it was dreary and slow and boring. So that's, that's my review of Tar. I was hugely disappointed because I wanted to see it. This wasn't me. I wasn't seeing it because I was like, I hear it's going to get Oscars, so I'll just endure some boring art, art house movies. I wanted to see this movie. So it wasn't like I was going, well, just doing my Oscar checklist. I wanted to see it, and I was hugely disappointed. Then I saw Black Adam. Took my nephew to see Black Adam uh, yesterday with The Rock. Um, it was okay. 
you know, I think the best thing that can happen when I watch a DC movie is that I have rock bottom expectations because two of my favorite DC movies have been um, Aquaman and Black Adam. Now, I think most of the DC movies have stunk. Most of them suck. Like, let's not mince words. But Aquaman, I remember I was like, well, I have a free ticket to Regal Cinemas. There's a Regal Cinemas in the Albany shopping mall where the Albany Funny Bone is, where I'm performing this weekend. And it probably will suck, but I have nothing to do, and the ticket's free. Let's see Aquaman. Hey, Aquaman was pretty damn good. Like, I thought Aquaman was like a solid B, but I mean that in a good way. Like, hey, considering that my average grade for DC movies is like a C minus, a B is like, you're the fucking valedictorian, Jason Momoa. And Black Adam, I went in thinking it was going to be like Suicide Squad or worse. And uh, it wasn't. It wasn't great. But it was, uh, it just feels like DC, it feels like such a fucking Marvel knockoff. Now, I don't know who came first with the characters, but it's like, oh, that's, the black guy is the Falcon of DC. And Pierce Brosnan is the Doctor Strange of DC. And Black Adam is just Black Adam. And he's basically showing why if you can't afford The Rock, you can get 90% of The Rock with even possibly better deadpan sarcasm with Dave Bautista, which he showed in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, that was what I tweeted when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. I said... Um, the Rock is about to get a run for his money from Batista. Like, who's going to be that affordable Rock for Hollywood Studios? And he kind of has been. He's kind of had a really strong movie career since then, being the affordable Rock. Um, and he's trying. It feels like he's trying to do like slightly more varied things than The Rock, whereas The Rock has just kind of settled into big dumb action. Um, gets paid a lot, a huge movie star, but you know, I think The Rock is more talented than his choices um but black adam was like you know had some moments was like mostly mediocre and felt like a like a store brand marvel movie um but that's better than i expected so i left the theater going like it wasn't the worst thing i saw and i was kind of expecting the worst thing this i've ever seen and then uh last night with the righteous gf documentary time on showtime nothing compares to you i think or is it just called nothing compares but it's a shane sinead o'connor documentary uh her wikipedia page is something if that's all accurate i mean she is all over the board but boy oh boy was she a strong like man it, it doesn't cover like she's a muslim now like she's she's changed her name she's been married like five times she's been uh she's been through it and all through it and done a lot and it's kind of crazy but what a strong, iconic young woman she was. Um, incredible. Like, incre like, at her youth, she was this very... She, she, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, you just realize... And they, they make... Chuck D is among the people who kind of speak up for her. Because she... I mean, I don't even want to spoil things that I didn't know. But from her hair to an early pregnancy that she had, she had the child, um, to her ripping up the picture of the Pope. Um, this was a woman, she wasn't hash, she wasn't like tweeting like her, 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 uh, you know, her shit. She was living real renegade truth and 
um, breaking barriers. Like the, you never want to, I, I forget what the joke was, but it's like you never want to be the first. <laughs> you want to be the second. <laughs> first is going to be in, in a lot of trouble, but second will be all right. And she, for everybody that's like, I'm paying, I'm, 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 call me, they, them. Call me. Like, I'm not saying she was, I, I, I don't know how she identifies now, but she was, you know, in heterosexual relations, but, do, you know, with a androgynous look, she's very pretty, but a very androgynous look that she chose to basically reject what they wanted her to be. She was like, yeah, I, if a guy did this, it'd be fine. Like, I just want to sh shave my head. And that's how I'm going to be because I don't want you to like pigeonhole me as like f nice feminine, like lady singer person. And she was, you know, her record label wanted her to get an abortion. And she was like, no. And it's like that, that's the pro-choice side you don't often see, which is like, you know, it's a contrast to sort of the Marilyn movie on Netflix, Blonde. She was like, yeah, no, I'm not, fuck you. For a record? No, if I, I want, first of all, I want to have this child. And secondly, I definitely don't want you to tell me to not have this child random man executive at record label who's pressuring me to have an abortion because you don't think I'll sell well if I'm a pregnant young woman. And, you know, the ripping up the Pope about child abuse in the church. And she fucking got destroyed for it. And so many things, her, her barrier breaking, her looks, her, her playing with sort of gender norms, her strength i mean she has said controversial things since then and it's it's kind of i you know when we found out she was like she converted to islam you know the righteous girlfriend's natural reaction as it would be for most people was wow that's that's interesting like you'd think being that they're sort of known for being a little bit more maybe repressive of of women although you could say all religions at their most fundamental are repressive of women but obviously Islam has a particularly, you know, and she was wearing like a head, not a, not a bird, like a bird, but like a, covering her head during a performance at the end of the movie. So she takes it pretty seriously. Um, but I said, but that's also, it also fits with her where it's like, hey, being outspoken against child abuse doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be anti-religion. It just means you're anti-child abuse. And that should be a perfectly compatible set of values to hold. But it just speaks to, I think, who she is. It's like, yeah, I don't conform to anything. I, whatever, you know, so you may just assume I'm going to be a, a rigid atheist condemning everything, but it turns out, nope, I've found a different faith that speaks, like, and they don't, they don't really go into that at the end of them. That's what I got from the Wikipedia, but I looked at her and I was like, I think I've read something that she may have converted to Islam. And then on seeing her in the concert, it became kind of clear that maybe she had, um, but that was my favorite movie I saw over the weekend of the three um, because this wasn't some trendy hashtaggy bullshit activist. This was somebody who was constantly brave and outspoken and and but not even outspoken necessarily like other than like the SNL thing like she wouldn't play the national anthem at her concert like at the peak of her powers because the U.S. had gone to war and she was like anti the war in Iraq. And people were, you know, we're not playing Sinead O'Connor music. Fuck her. Get out of the country. She wore, I'm just going to tell you, she like Chuck D was speaking for her because they hadn't created a rap category at the, you know, they weren't showing rap to be like a reputable category of music yet. 
so Chuck D and Public Enemy, I think they were going to boycott the Grammys, and she put, this was like her big moment, like of her earlier music, which I didn't even realize, she was like an up-and-coming star when Nothing Compared to You came out, and that obviously just overshadowed everything. But she had like a Public Enemy logo on the side of her scalp for her performance. And as the kids would say, Sinead was a real one. And I think, I didn't know, like, she, I mean, and she was doing all this before, like, the age of 24. Like, alone. Not as part of a movement. Not as part of, it, it's, you know, the documentary doesn't really get into anything beyond, mostly beyond, you know, her downfall after Nothing Compares to You and, and the ripping of the Pope picture. But boy, oh boy, you don't, like, what a, whatever she said, I'm sure she has maybe done and said problematic things since then, but. Man, you cannot have anything but the highest level of admiration for sort of who she was at such a young age. And it wasn't trendy and it wasn't I'm an activist and I am um, my brand and my activism and I believe and I identify. It was just like I'm just doing me and doing what I think is right, which most of the case was completely dead on. Um, incredible. Just at least that, you know, I'm sure somebody can say, well, you know, when she was like later in life, she fucking did this and did that. I'm like, okay, I'm just telling you, uh, that was a strong, she's still alive, but that was a fucking strong, impressive young woman. Um, you know, really impressive. Uh, and, and I just, I, I enjoyed watching the documentary. And Chris Christopherson, another real one, the country music legend and actor. Um, he introduced her at a concert right after the ripping of the photo. And I forget where the concert was, but it was like literally like her performance. It was like a mix of boos. It was like half the crowd was there to boo her and half the crowd was there to cheer her. And Christopherson's intro, now he's like a big rugged country guy. But his intro, he didn't give her some bullshit CMA awards like protect our freedoms and I love our president and I respect the church and our Lord Christ. No, he got up there and was like this. I, I forget what he said. She is a um, he just called her like a like a warrior and a hero or something like so he and gave her a big hug when she got. So Chris Christopherson was, you know, one of those. Uh, now, I, mean, if, I don't think you'll find this, but if, forgive me if, you know, you find out Chris Christopherson said the problem with the country is all these blacks. Um, but I doubt it if he's up there in the heat of the of the of the battle, just calling her like a brave ass warrior and hero or whatever he called her and giving her a hug in front of everybody. Um, but, yeah, so if you have showtime, um, I, I would give Tar a thumbs down. I'm sorry. Chris Lambert, friend of the show, friend in real life. Um, that's just my opinion. I, I see the quality of the movie. You know, it's like if somebody tells me something is a really good glass of wine, I go, hmm, I hate wine, but okay, if you say so, I'll trust you. I get that that's a kind of a film critics, theater, film studies kind of character study and a, and a tour de force and all the other cliches. It's a she she it's a strong performance. It's a dominating performance. It's a taxing performance. Bitch had to memorize like three hundred million pages of dialogue, but I just didn't enjoy it. I I just felt bored, and for a me you know I just I I felt like the payoffs were too low, too late, and I just 
I was trying to stay into it, and I was just getting fidgety halfway through. I was like, I just feel like this is so fucking boring and long. Um, Black Adam, you know, if you've got a 15-year-old nephew who likes adventure and action movies, you can't go wrong with it. It's not great at all, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, which is really the only mark that DC Films has to get is like, hey, good luck, good job, DC. Not the worst thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And then Nothing Compares, or Nothing Compares to You, whatever the official title of the Sinead O'Connor documentary. Uh, really, really liked it. Um, really, and just super impressed by uh, the guts, the talent and the guts. And I mean, you know, she, 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 was, she, was, she was going Kaepernick times five with, with her young career. And it cost her a whole lot. Um, she was basically queen of music for a year. And then it was like, here's your Pope picture. Bop, bop, bop. Stop abusing kids. Stop covering up abuse of kids. She was ahead of the game. You know, that's like a decade before the movie Spotlight comes out. That's like years before the Boston Globe reveals all that stuff in their, in their investigative reporting. And I mean, she was first by a mile to so many things. So I recommend that, um, feminist, ally and icon jl covan recommends the sinead o'connor documentary on showtime so i think that's it guys i haven't seen till yet i'm seeing till tomorrow so we'll have to wait till tomorrow before you can get my thoughts on till um until next show oh puns about slaughtered children during the civil rights movement aren't they fun but get out there and vote or don't vote at this point. You know, I've given up. I've given up on comedy. I've given up on America. Um, but other than that, I'm feeling good. And I'm feeling good. Dun, 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 Let's stop using that in commercials, shall we? It's a little overdone. I was done with that song, Birds Flying High, when they uh, every contestant sang it every year on um, American Idol. And every crowd, because we're simple fucking people who don't mind complete repetition, go look up Repeat Stuff, the video Repeat Stuff by Bo Burnham. Um, great, phenomenal video by just a, 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 a supreme talent when he was like 22. Um, just incredible. I can't, can't speak about it. It's just a great video. Go look up the video. Like the, the, the music video, not like the live performance. Go find the music video. It's an incredible work of art um, and commentary. Um, Every year, American Offense, whoa, oh my God, I love this. I never got bored of just, you know, some crooner or some chick coming down. Birds flying high, you know how I feel, and I'm feeling good. And it's like, okay, I've heard this every season, and it's in 90 commercials. Are we over this song yet? Have we killed it? No, we're still loving it? Great. Let me go do 5,000 more Trump videos. Anyway, guys. Um, I'm not feeling good, but it's okay. Um, it's not right, but it's okay, as the great Whitney Houston once said. Another iconic singer. Uh, so that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Who gives a shit? Democracy's dead. My comedy career's dead. It's like, what if, what if my comedy career and democracy in America, what if that was the key? What if people realized, um, guys, it's kind of a Harry Potter Voldemort situation where if JL's career thrives, democracy thrives. Did you see how well he did in 2020? And then we won the election with Joe Biden. 
what if we need to just buy all of JL's albums and get all of his videos, millions of views, so that he can buy a penthouse apartment in Manhattan? And as long as his career is going well, democracy will thrive. But if we let JL's career fail, democracy fails as well. And I think America would go, mm, but I like Sarah Cooper more. Fuck democracy. <laughs> Um, okay, guys, that's it. I got to go do some other errands and shit and figure out what's going on with my life and my comedy career. So thanks for listening. If you're bored this week, uh, throw four bucks down on the Patreon and you can get a shit ton of videos, a shit ton of great bonus podcasts because I really pledged to keep the bonus podcasts like fun and positive for the most part and they end up mostly being that. You can listen to all my recaps of the House of the Dragon episodes, which people really enjoyed. Um, but other than that, have a great week. I hope to see some of you in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Syracuse, and all the other places I'm performing. But if not, that's okay. Most people won't. So see you next Tuesday. <laughs>